140 of the Mandarian Orange Show. I'm Phil Vecchio. And I'm on a winter break Janelle. 140 episodes. That's pretty I know. cool. We're like podcasters or something. <laughs> we'll definitely hit 150 next year. <laughs> so that's cool. That is cool. Um, yeah, it's very cool. How are you doing? I am very well. One week out from Christmas break. I am so excited. One school week out, not even a real week. So excited. I get three weeks off. I'm a three-weeker. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm a three-stronger, I like to think. Oh, my gosh. That was so dumb. (laughs) Whatever. Um, Yeah, we've had a really good week. Yeah, it's really been a positive week. So we're going to talk about it in today's news. All right, so if you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Podcasts or TuneIn or wherever you catch our pod, we would love that. We would. We'd also love to hear from you if you guys would like to write in with questions, comments, concerns, stories, jokes, anecdotes, limericks. Recipes. Sure, we'll take it all. <laughs> Write to us at mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com where you can use the contact uh, information at our Facebook page, you know, wherever, Instagram. Find a way to get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. Instagram, we're at Mandarin Orange Show. It's easy to find. Our Facebook page, Mandarin Orange Show, and our group is Mandarin Orange Show, the group. So all of those should be very findable. Yes. And? Um... So we um, do have some news. What did we do this week, Phil? Well, there's a few things. I mean, you know, like I said, we're a week out from Christmas. So there's been a lot of things going on. But there's two things I really want to talk about. The first one, uh, we just had a lot of fun with our kids. We did something. Uh, I don't know. We've talked about doing this for a while. But we pulled out all of our student films that we made in college and showed them to them. Well, almost all of them. We haven't finished all of it yet. Because we did a lot of stuff. But um, if you guys didn't know, Janelle and I were both film majors in college. And we met... Well, I guess we didn't meet during film stuff, but we... We became close during yeah. a film shoot. Right. And and worked on a lot of projects together and yes. stuff. A lot. I mean, it's fun. When we go back and look at all these things, we see how much we really did together. And it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I kind of forget sometimes, you know, but... And how did they hold up? Well, here's the great thing. Our kids are the sweetest, and they, like, love them. They kept saying, like, you guys are so talented, Mommy and Daddy. Oh, these are so good. They said they, well, you said you came out, um, and it was, like, the morning. Like, we'd just woken up, but they'd already been awake, and they were talking about how wonderful our student films were. they were. And how talented we were. And they want to make movies now, too, and stuff, so... (laughs) Uh, it was super sweet, and they're just wonderful. I love them. But it was really, really fun to go back and watch all our stuff that we did. We, I mean, we acted in some of them. Yes. Actually, quite a bit of them, especially you. I was, uh, one film festival, I was in, like, every movie. Yeah. Um, and I don't really think of myself as an actress, but, um, people wanted me to act in their movies. (laughs) No, you're great. And... We each directed one, you know, again, we're saying movies. These are all short films, student films, student films yeah. whatever. But, you know, uh, we both directed one. 
I made a rom-com called How Did I Get Here? And I made a mystery comedy called Glue the Movie. (laughs) Full of just as many puns as you would imagine a film movie would be full of. And I wrote a movie called Swing It. Yeah. It was about college students who weren't allowed to dance at their school, so they made an underground swing club. This was back when swing dancing was very popular in the um, late 90s. And may have been um, somewhat inspired by swing kids. (laughs) Yes. um, In fact, it said on the credits that uh, the concept was inspired by listener Aaron McKay. That's right. So... um, he uh, inspired the movie, and then I just took his idea and put it in script form. Well, and this is a perfect segue into some shout-outs for listeners and friends of the show, and also just other friends may or may not listen, but we had so many talented friends that we did stuff with, I mean, throughout all these movies, and it's fun to see because, you know, we were in groups like, for instance, Aaron, listener of the show Aaron, uh, was in my, I don't remember what that class was, it was like the first, my first semester, it I think, called, of Viola. Um, it was called uh, Introduction Intro to, to film. film, something like that, where we were put into teams, and then we made we did uh, like a short movie, which is the one that I wrote and directed. A um, commercial. We did commercials. We did a newscast. Newscast, yeah. We did a like a movie, like a silent movie on film, where our team kind of messed it up because we thought we had like. 80 minutes of film. We had like 80 feet of film or something. And we like ran out of film like really early on in the process. Um, but anyway, I had so much fun. And I don't think, I mean, Aaron wasn't even a, a film major. No. He, he just did he it was for fun, right? science. Yeah. Um, I had a blast. And I think that's how I got to know Aaron was in that class. Yeah. Um, and it, I don't know. We just had a blast in there. And then, um, you know, we did our big inner term movie where we came back for like the month in January in between term in between semesters, yeah. um, which we haven't watched that one with the kids yet. And that one, I think it's that like one's a like a forty-five minute, yeah, short film, film. and it's it's a doozy. Um, <laughs> but uh, other people that uh, are listeners of the show, Ben Hunts uh, was also he a film major. Deadline. He was a gaffer, I believe. I think so. I think we've like asked Ben about this before, and I can't remember if he answered us. And we just watched. Oh no, we haven't watched it yet. We haven't so watched it yet. We need to go so back we'll and look at the credits. Study the credits. But Ben also pops up in the credits of a lot of other stuff Things that we, we watched watch. just now. Copy Boy. Um, um, yeah. Bab to the Future. And Aaron also features in quite a few other uh, movies. Yeah. Isn't he in your? Is, isn't He's your? He's in my your movie. movie. Um. Anyway, he was the main detective in the Glue, the movie. Yeah. Um, but he was the lead in the Bab Witch Project, which our friend Jeff Edwards directed. That's right. That's right. And, so. and Jeff did uh, a bunch of stuff, was in a Deadline with us and a bunch yeah. of others as well. And Ben was on the on the crew for Bab Witch Project, too. Yeah. Um, so. It was fun to kind of explain to our kids, like, the pop culture references at the time. Because <laughs> yeah. they're like, what? What is this? You know, we had to explain how the Bab Witch Project was a scary w- movie. Without going time. into too much detail. <laughs> um, we had to explain to them what Bab was. Oh, yeah, because we also watched Shriek, which was our spoof, spoof of, of Scream. scream yeah. And again, not going into too many details with them or anything. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, it was it was super fun. Who else? Mark Ritzema appears yeah. in a lot. Um, he was in our group too. Um, you know, in the group with Aaron and I in our 
intro to film or whatever it was. Kevin Wilson. Yeah, he did a lot of stuff. Andy Walquist. Yeah. Um, I don't know, just a lot of, so many great people we worked Jason with. Jason Lewis. Jason Lewis, right? And a lot of these people, like, you guys might not know the names, but they're all, like, working, working in, in Hollywood or in different places. Yeah. Um, I mean, not everyone we mentioned. I don't think Aaron's working in film. But I think Aaron always just did it for fun, right? Yeah. He, I think he's a really fun actor, though. Like, I loved... I know it's cheesy, and it was, like, my freshman year, first semester, so my Glue the Movie one is definitely, like... It's cheesy. I get it. But I think Aaron did such a good job. Yeah, like he he's, was a great detective. It was a fun, like, detective, you know, who... The whole thing is, like, he narrates it, you know? It's like a... Like a film noir, you know, yeah. like going, hitting the streets, trying to solve the clues. And I don't know, it's cheesy, but it's fun. And I, I enjoyed watching it. So anyway, um, let's see. Anyone else? Who else are we forgetting that might be listening to the show? Jonathan Matlock um, did yes. a bunch. We have also the videos of like our mock, mock rock, rock performances, which are like lip sync contests. And Jonathan Matlock, uh, our friend, did a lot of those with us, including like being the absolute best Michael Jackson impersonator, yeah. dancing wise, yeah. like that you will ever see. He won awards. Um, uh, Sonny and Sherry, our friend Sonny and Sherry, that yes. were in a lot of stuff together with us as well. Will. Will and Jill. Yep. Um, Jill wasn't a lot. Megan. Megan. Roommate Megan. Um, I don't know. Lots of Rose, other people. Rose. Emily. Yep. Uh, the list goes on and on. Again, not everyone listening will know these people, but there are lots of people listening who <laughs> will know who all we're talking about. And so. It was just really fun. It was very, very so, fun. So, like, go back and look at that. And um, if I, you're... I played a few different roles. I played. Um, a college student who was in the swing club. And then I played a high school student who was in a driver's um, education class. Um, I played a girl that gets um, killed off in the Shriek's booth. <laughs> I played a coroner more than once. Yes. And so I was typecast as a coroner. <laughs> And uh, a maintenance man. Those are my two of yes. my claims to fame, yes. amongst other things. You uh, were an ex-boyfriend in my movie. I was an ex-boyfriend, that's true. Um, you know, we had a pretty wide acting range, right? <laughs> well, one, I was a, a girl who couldn't stop talking on a date with a guy. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. That's the so, one that I was the maintenance man in. Yeah. Um, so, um, oh, I was a sister of Marty McFly. That's right. In Bab to the Future. Now, Bab, for those of you that don't know, is the Biola Bettys ask the Biola Bobs. It's like a Sally Hawkins Sa- or Sadie, Sadie Hawkins. Sadie, Sadie Hawkins. Hawkins, but it's like a week long. Yeah. You go on dates like the whole week. And I babbed you. That's right. That was like our first. Your freshman year, my sophomore year. Yeah. You had the whole cheerleading team take come because they have to like chase you down and catch, catch you and steal your stuffed animal to like yeah. claim you as the date. Yeah, you really like just put up a fight. I did. I was just like <laughs> hitting them back with a stick, but you won, so I had to do it. It was rough. Yes, that was like our first dates. Yeah, that's where if you've ever seen on our social media, you might have seen uh, Janelle carrying me around piggyback. I yeah, think that, that was, was that during week. that week, right? That was that week. Um, and for listeners that are curious about all the films we're talking about, if you're uh, um, <laughs> intrepid explorers, you may be able to come across some of this stuff. 
Uh, ben has some on his <laughs> yes. channel. Andy has some on his channel. And uh, Jonathan Matlock has some stuff on his channel. So uh, I'm not going to give too many clues out there. But if you guys want to find <laughs> it, find we're on the internet, on YouTube. So um, not everything. Some of the stuff... Only we have. Only we have. Um, I think Glue the movie is only on our yeah. stuff. But um, it's out there if you want to find it. <laughs> if you do find it, write us at mandarinorangeshow <laughs> at gmail.com and tell us what you think. <laughs> but it made us too late just appreciate that even though all these years later, um, you know, we're still doing creative stuff together. Yeah. Which kind of leads us into our next thing. That's right. Because along with doing uh, film stuff, I was uh, very interested in doing music. And uh, like we mentioned in earlier episodes, I was the radio station uh, first music director and then uh, manager for a while while I was at Biola. And um, you know, love doing music. I've done, I started doing concerts and putting on events uh, when I was in high school just because... I love music, right? And so um, while we were at in college, I started Blue Christmas. It was actually, I started my sophomore year. I'd already done some concerts before that, but it was uh, the first year of of Blue Christmas, actually. Because some of the other ones, I was trying to get other annual and regular events going, some with, you know, more or less success. But the one that stuck that we're still doing 23 Mm. years later is Blue Christmas. Yay! And, um, yeah, it's an annual concert. With, uh, you know, somewhere usually between three to five or six bands. And um, it's not all Christmas music, but a lot of times we'll have the bands, you know, ask the bands to play at least one or two Christmas songs in there. Not all the time, but sometimes. Um, But we decorate in all blue and uh, play Christmas music in between the bands. And it's just a good good time. Good time. So we kept it going all the way through when I was at Biola and after that. And then... Since uh, we stopped doing them there, we kind of just migrated around to wherever we were. We've been going. So uh, we've done it at churches and colleges and stuff all around ever since. Just kind of following me in Southern California. Um, But this year, because of where we're at, we had to do it remotely. It was the first year in 23 years that we didn't do an in-person concert. But it was super sad and hard to do. But obviously, that's, that's where we're at right now. Like, this is not the time to try to... Get a lot of people, people to together. get together in a crowded room and listen to music, but uh, it was it was so cool. We did it on Saturday, and uh, well, I want you to talk a bit about it. Tell me your thoughts on how the first ever live stream Blue Christmas went. I think it went exceptionally well, um, despite you know a few technical difficulties, which we knew was gonna happen because it's quite a production. Yeah. We had a lot of moving parts. A lot. But I had fun being behind the scenes, and, you know, I've learned a lot since I've been basically putting on a show every day since March for my job. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was, it was just really fun and unique, and it was so fun to see everybody and interact with people on the chat, and... Um, just hear good music. Yeah, so what we did, we had five artists that played. And um, basically, you know, I introduced it. You were my my uh, co-pilot, we said. You were off camera most of the time, but you monitored the chat room right. on, the, or, you know, whatever, the, the comments on Facebook Live so that if people had comments, you could, like, read them out in between bands. 
And uh, so I'd, you know, chat with the band a little bit beforehand, then they do their set, and then we go on to the next one. And we had, you know, slides in between with music behind it um, so that there wasn't, like, too much downtime. And so there was a lot, like you said, a lot of moving parts, but we used uh, this really cool program called OBS that my brother David showed me how to use. And Thank I, you, David, so yes, much. Huge, huge help. Huge shout out to David for that because he's been working with me for weeks now, <laughs> training to like figure out how to do it. Because that's, I mean, now pretty much what he's doing professionally is right. live broadcast. He's usually used to doing like live sound production, but a lot of that is gone online now, obviously. And so he's showed me how to use this thing, and it's a really cool tool. And there's a lot of potential, and I. Uh, I was felt like I was working at the bare minimum to make it happen, but it worked pretty well. <laughs> it did. I forgot to unmute myself a couple times, but we figured it out pretty quickly. And we had a problem getting it on YouTube Live. Yeah, we wanted to stream it straight to Facebook and YouTube, and we couldn't get it to work going to both at the same time. And so at the last minute, we had to just pull the plug on the YouTube, and we just did Facebook streaming. However, if you guys want to watch it now, and this is the other cool thing about doing it as a live stream, there's a video now on our Facebook page. So it was done through the Potvox Music Facebook page, but we also cross-posted it with the Mandarin Orange Show page. So if you go to our page, the Mandarin Mm -hmm. Orange Show page, you'll find a link uh, in the videos there to that. Or you can go to the Potvox Music uh, YouTube channel. And it's also posted on there as well. So you can still go back and watch it and see what we're talking about. Obviously, like, we're not going to respond live to your comments. But other than that, you can get the full experience. Yeah. Uh, which is a super cool way because normally we do a live show and then it's over. And no one, if you weren't there, no one got to see it. Right. But here we got to have people from literally all over the world. Literally. Because one of our artists, uh, R.B. Brown, is from Australia. And he had people watching from Australia. And he zoomed in and chatted with us live. Yeah. Because it was the next day. Yeah, it's crazy. We did it Saturday night. And while we were talking to him, you know, Saturday night, it's winter here. It was nice and cold. I had a sweatshirt on. And for them in Australia, it was Sunday afternoon and it's hot in the middle of the summer. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, I realized that this is just reality, but it was so much fun. It's so fun. To like have that happen live. And you said you've only like, even though you guys have put out CDs, you know, like. Yeah. Together, you've never spoken to him in person. Right. Not even on the phone. Not even on the phone. Just, it's it's all just been, been through, through email and email electronic. And, and you said it was so fun to get to talk to him. Yeah, because, you know, we've put out two CDs with them. But, you know, when people sing, unless it's a very strong, intentional choice, for the most part, you can't tell someone's accent when they're singing. It's weird. There's some interesting YouTubes about this if you ever want <laughs> to look into it. But there is like a singing accent. And so people who have British accent or Australian accent or whatever all kind of sing the same, mm-hmm. you know, American accent. Like you can't tell. I mean, you could specifically and intentionally pronounce certain things. Right. But unless you're trying to, it's you can't tell. So I've only heard his voice singing. I've only emailed him and stuff like that. And when he first said, like, I don't know. I don't think he said good day. But, you know, whatever it was, he said hello in a strong Australian <laughs> accent. I was like, oh, this is rad. This <laughs> makes it even better. Because he's so nice. He's and it was so just nice. It was so it cool. It was really good. So we had R.B. Brown. Um, we also had uh, Rain House, who's played at lots of our stuff yeah. before. And they did great. A um, couple songs. We were short sets. So the whole entire thing with five bands was... I think not even quite an hour and a half, or right around an hour and a half, yeah. um, which is good. That's what we wanted, you know, make it manageable. Um, Eric Kennedy 
did a few songs. He's the only one that actually performed live. Mm-hmm. Most of the rest of them all, um, you know, we chatted live with them and then we played a pre-recorded video to the live stream, um, which, you know, was cool. So Eric actually did his live. Then we had an, a band from Texas, uh, Magnificat, um, who uh, did a few song, a couple songs. They were fantastic. And we put a song with them out on a Christmas compilation a few mm-hmm. years ago. And then we also had another band from Texas, Isopod, and he did a really fun thing where he called it the Isolation Show because his name was Isopod, <laughs> and he recorded himself doing all three parts with like green screen it was and so stuff. So creative. So we had like a whole band, but it was just him uh, in it. So it was really fun. And his background was really cool too. He had like a bunch of electric boards yeah. behind him. It was very cool, like wide variety of music and. Gosh, I was just so stoked on how well it went. Something for everybody. And I mean, I, again, obviously there was a few technical issues, but overall it went really smoothly for what it could have been. We had a lot of people watching, a lot of comments, and uh, it's now gotten, as of like this recording, it was over 400 views, which is more than like the last three <laughs> years of live performances combined, probably, so... Um, that's pretty fantastic. You got a wide audience. Yeah, and and people that we haven't gotten to see. So, for instance, Jonathan Matlock, who we talked about earlier, uh, who did like the mock rock with us. He also designed the original. Those little kids, little Christmas kids. If you look at like the event page for it, and uh, he designed those kids back when we were in college for that first year, and I've used them ever since. But he's lived in Texas for quite a while now. A lot of Texas uh, stuff with this <laughs> one. But he lived in Texas for a long time, so he hasn't been able to come to him. But he was able to check this out, you know, so um, which is pretty cool. It so it's all cool. distant. Um, so and that means that you too, all of our listeners, Mandarin Orange Show, can check it out. We would love it if you did. Um, you know, just watch it and uh, and tell us what you think. I'm also going to post the artists like videos separately so you don't have to watch the whole thing if you want to check out just the individual artists but if you want to see us you want to see the phil and janelle banter that's right you have to watch the whole you can thing. see me on camera quite a bit janelle and i janelle does come on camera some and the kids make an appearance on the video yes. as well so uh if you want the true experience you're going to want to watch that <laughs> and see you can see when i forget to unmute my cam- my microphone for a little bit and, and all people the good have bits. to tell you on the chat Yes. Yeah, my brothers were watching, so the second it was muted, they'd start texting me and calling me, like, muted, you're muted. "Ah." (laughs) It's hard, because I'd have to switch from, like, having the mic on mute. There's got to be a way to automate it, but I don't know, I didn't figure that part out yet, so. Um, I don't know, it was pretty great, though. I I super loved it. It was fun. Um, And it was the easiest cleanup ever. I was already in my pajamas, like, by the time, you know, the live stream was turned off, so... Uh, which usually sometimes we've been there till three in the morning cleaning <laughs> up and getting set up for the next day, wherever it is. So yeah, it was pretty great. It was pretty, pretty great. So that's, uh, that's blue Christmas. Yay. Tell us what you guys think. Mandarin Orange show at gmail.com. And with that, speaking of telling us things through email, we're going down to listener mail. You got mail. So this week, we got a letter from Julie. Yay, Julie. And um, she sent one to us at mandarinorangeshow at gmail.com, just like you folks can. Um, and here we go. She says, hello to you both. Things you talk about in your podcast resonate to me, and I wanted to write. 
I also do what Phil mentioned about doubling up dead Christmas lights behind the working ones and hiding them. Make it work until you have to replace. Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. I thought I was the only one. Well, it's just so great, too, because, like, you're talking about doubling up Christmas lights, but it connected with Julie. That's right, because why not? If some of the lights go on, you might as well use it still. It still connects through. Exactly. I know. No no need to throw it away. No, and if you hide it right, like, no one will know. It looks fine in the dark. I know some of our neighbors around, though, like, go all out. Like, I mean, we... You know, we have a, a modest little light set up so that we're not humbugs or whatever. But <laughs> our, on our street, one of our neighbors has, like, one of the premier light setups. So that no matter how much we did, we could never, ever compete. Yes. It's like the Christmas vacation one times a thousand. Yes. So. So we're just going to do. Yes. I just, you know, we get our modest little thing out so that we don't look like we're, you know. By humbugs. Exactly. And then it's good. But I'm glad that worked. Out. <laughs> uh, she said 100% support despite Phil's protest of Janelle's use of whipping cream and mashed potatoes. <laughs> to be honest, I never knew of that or used it before. My 23-year-old daughter came for Thanksgiving and did a lot of the cooking, which she loves to do. She put whipping cream in the mashed potatoes, and it does make them creamy and so good. Who knew? <laughs> And Phil, don't fear the cottage cheese. I used to not like it, but now sometimes I get to I get it just to eat it on its own, and I enjoy it now. Our tastes change over time, so maybe you'll like it someday. That I, is true. I haven't made the recipe yet with the cottage cheese. I know. Cheese. I, I check every day and see, and it's still sitting in there. <laughs> How long is cottage cheese good for? I'm afraid now it's going to be like... Uh, it's going to be turned into, like, cheddar cheese or something. Well, I won't put it in if it's moldy. Well, that's, that's encouraging. That's That's good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, the mashed potatoes were great. It's hard for me sometimes to wrap my brain around whipping cream is just like a thick cream. It just makes me think of like like a cherry pie or something. It's not sweet unless you put sugar in it. I like sugar. And it's salty if you put (laughs) salt in it. All right. Well, I, like I said, I ate the potatoes and they were really good and... That's what the top Such. recipe on the internet said. You Who did. knew? You put whipping cream in them. As for cottage cheese, it would take a lot for me to come around on. I mean, I'm trying to think. You definitely have changed taste. Like, since we, since I have known you, you've come around on quite a lot of stuff, including the entire genre of Mexican food. Yeah, I used to only eat, like, Taco Bell. Yeah. And then I'm like, no, 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 like actual Mexican food. You're like, no, I'm good. Just talk about Del Taco. That's that's as far as you would stretch. But I love Mexican food now. I After know. I was pregnant with Audrey, I really. That's when you shifted on quite a few things, like with your pregnancies, mm-hmm. which is crazy, but it was true. Um, yeah, and you also only used to do mild salsa. You've yeah. like now worked your way up to medium. Yeah, I can't do hot, but medium definitely. Which just tastes like water. It's, it's tomato paste to me, but I do know. like spicier tacos. Yeah, now, too. You've definitely amped up your temperature. Not like me. But one thing I used to eat a lot is cottage cheese. Yeah, I always had, used to have cottage cheese in the fridge. You put a little pepper in. Ugh. So you yummy. also like coleslaw, which I do not enjoy. I love good coleslaw. KFC. It's my favorite. Um, I don't know. Have I changed? Is there anything I like now that I, oh, there is one thing? 
like Dijon mustard. <laughs> no, I still only like that in that one recipe because I like I don't like it by itself. But no, here's one thing is uh like candied nuts, like sweet roasted oh, nuts. Oh yeah. I that would was never like, would have eaten those. That before. was like from the, the movie theater that yeah. started. Then we went to Disney World and they had them. Yeah, once no, once I got the taste for it, like any kind of like roasted candied nuts, like uh yeah. Even just like mixed nuts, I never would have eaten. Go before. follow Nuts of Disney, Phil's I have uh, a, other Instagram. That's right, account. I have an Instagram devoted to nuts. But other than that, I feel like I'm pretty like firm in my food convictions. I, I can't think of any other examples where I've changed. <laughs> that you know of. I don't know, maybe. I stopped letting Phil around me when I cook. I do get like hit out with wooden spoons if I try walking in, hovering around recipes I'm not supposed to know. Like about. today, when I was making the sloppy joes, I knew there was some things you wouldn't like in there, so I like discreetly put it in and then hide it. That's why when I ever ask, whenever I ask if I can help with a recipe, Janelle's like, "Do the dishes," <laughs> <laughs> which I did today. Yeah, I and know. don't look over here. And it was good, right? It was Those good. Were good sloppy But now jokes. I know you put something in and I don't like it. I'm scared of it. No, you're not. What did you do? It was amazing. It was. But now what What was it? What What did you do? You don't really want to know. Well, Julie encourages me. <laughs> no. Julie encourages me to be more adventurous in that. And I'll, yes. I'll do my best. But if it's squash, I'm sorry. I will never turn on squash. I will never feed you squash. I would know because I would. I don't like squash either. I would lose my lunch if there was squash involved in it. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Back to Julie's letter here. On the 30 Day TV Challenge, I love the recommendation of the Durrells and Corfu, which I've heard of and never watched. So I plan to start that. It, I mean, we haven't watched more than the first episode still, but. It was a pretty great start. Something happened, we'll talk about in Couch Potato Corner. Yes. That kind of put us off our Our schedule. Yeah, definitely. She said, I've seen all of Emily in Paris, which I liked. It was fun. Also, I've seen both seasons of Dead to Me, which is good. The Queen's Gambit is on my to-watch list. I'll also consider others you mentioned. Yes. Yay, that was the point of it. Yeah, those are all good. Again, we haven't watched past the first episode of any of those yet because... Yeah, well, I mean, that was the biggest part of the challenge. We just have to wait until we get to them all. Yeah. There's so much. A lot of backlog We now. could never, you know, power through 30 seasons. No. Well, not all of them, obviously, and were recommended. And multiple seasons, yeah. Yeah. But some of them, some of them we won't have to worry about. <laughs> she says, as Janelle mentioned, I also sometimes like to pronounce words wrong on purpose. Yeah. Just for fun. For example, I might call my morning breakfast cornflakes as cornflokies. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I think so. Or when using vinegar, call it vinegar. That kind of thing. Silly and embarrassing thing to admit. Oh, Janella's, yes, you guys are on the same page. Yes. You've made an art form out of it. Yes. In fact, the very name of this podcast, The Mandarian Orange Show, is for that very reason. Yes, it's based on... I think we talked about we that have. in the first episode, right? Yes. About, episode one. But just to recap, it's you intentionally mispronouncing Mandarin, just to make Mandarin Orange. Just to make me mad. In our early days, I... You really let stuff get to I you. I did. And I did. I couldn't believe you would refuse to pronounce a word correctly when you knew it was wrong. I've since come around on it and realized that it's just your 
your personality and I love it. I love your strong independence. But when I was first getting to know you, it absolutely drove me crazy. I'm like, you're doing it wrong. I'm a woman of independent means. <laughs> I'm aware. Uh, and I have definitely learned never to try to make you bend to my will. Well, and it's like, I say words wrong on purpose, but then I say words wrong not on purpose, and who knows? You don't know. That's right. It's a good defense mechanism, (laughs) I'll tell you. Because, yeah, how do you argue with that? You can't. So, yeah, you guys have that in common. Yes, we do. That's why we are the Mandarian Orange Show. Okay, Julie says, the most memorable Christmas presents. This is from our top five. I don't want this to sound as privileged because it's absolutely not. Just something attributable to the rural life and the state I grew up in as a middle class farmer's daughter in Oklahoma. Around age seven, first grade, I was horse crazy and started leaving my dad random notes around the house in his sock drawer on his dinner plate that said, I want a pony. (laughs) Obsessed with having a pony. So I remember a magical Christmas night around 1971 when my sister and I were led out to the acre of property behind our backyard and two ponies had their heads over a fence looking for us and that we got to ride and care for and enjoy. Forever grateful for that. You got a pony, Julie? She got a pony. That's like every little girl's dream. I think, though, I I see where she's coming from. Because, I mean, like, you lived in a little house, like, down by the beach in Torrance, right? right? I couldn't have a pony. Like, that's just not a a thing. But if you've already got land and you're living on a farm, like, here's another animal that we're going to have here at the farm. Like, it's not... uh, That's different. It's still pretty rad. That's so rad that you can say, I got a pony. I got a pony, yeah. But it's different than, like, a Veruca Salt getting a pony or whatever, right, you know? Right, right. <laughs> and, and Julie treasures this memory, you know? Yeah. It, it's very special to her, so. And I bet you, living on a farm, she probably had to take care of it and do all the, uh, you know, more unpleasant parts <laughs> of taking part of a pony, you know, taking care of a pony. Um, which, you know, I, know I wouldn't you, want. <laughs> we know how you feel about cleaning up after dogs. Yeah, and animals in general. I love animals, and they're beautiful, and I like to observe them not under my care. It's not for me. In one of our student films, I'm, like, hugging and kissing my dog, like, (laughs) and the kids are like, you are a dog person, Mommy. (laughs) I said, I told you I'm a dog person. I like having, um, I liked having a dog growing up. I just didn't like to, like, take care of the dog so much yeah it's like to be responsible for and i guess that's the thing too because i do like animal. animals and if i had an animal i would want to like be a good caretaker of it and right. you know feed it and play with it and do all the things you need to and i'm not willing to give up the things that that requires in order to do that to me the trade-off is not worth it well and we couldn't ever travel as much as we do right and and I just, I like the attention Freedom. to our human relationships that we're able to give yeah. because we don't have that. So, you know, some people over the years have called me like an animal hater and it's nothing like that. <laughs> I just don't we, want a pet. Whenever we see an animal like on a hike, like Phil and the kids are like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I love it. I so love observing excited. them. And I don't want to clean up their poop afterwards. That's, that's pretty much where I'm at. You know, and that's, I think that's okay. Um, you know, so 
That's we have many of other animals we can visit. And many other animals that roam through our backyard I have to clean up after already. So mm, True. Gophers right now are coming after my other <laughs> yes, apricot tree. To, I gotta to do that. Go do that. I gotta tomorrow. get some more gopher traps out. Do not want to lose our last apricot. They love them and it's such a pain. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, back to Julie. End of her letter. It says, so much more in your podcast I could talk about. Appreciate all of it, but we'll go for now. Hope your family's Christmas is good. Yay. Yay. Thank you, Thanks, Julie. Julie. Um, thank you so much for writing. We love hearing from you. And I love hearing about the farm stuff, too, because it's such a different, like, experience, you know? Like, you and I had very different experiences growing up because you lived, like, in a house by the beach and then, you know, in, in a, like, a suburban house in Colorado mm-hmm. too and I grew up in like a tiny mountain town so we had such a different like experience but then like growing living up on a farm like right. that's such a different thing altogether so I used to visit um my great grandma's house is my sister's great grandma um and uh they lived on a farm in Washington so I got a little taste of the farm life yeah my cousins who live there were like the most adventurous, <laughs> like daring. I mean, they just they didn't fear anything. Well, it's just part of the farm life. It's just being a farmer. Yeah. Might, one day a pony might show up. You never know. And I had my first Dairy Queen ever on one of my farm trips in Washington because that was the only restaurant around. <laughs> And it was like 20 minutes away. You went to the DQ? The DQ. Get a drink, get a Coke if you're thirsty. <laughs> what was the pony's name, Julie? I feel like you left out an important thing yeah. here. Was it like Star Shimmer or um, what are they? Twilight Rain- Sparkle? Rainbow Dash. Or did you give it like a regular old name? <laughs> Mr. Patoon, Ed? yeah. Yeah, we definitely need a follow-up and we need to know the name there. Because, <laughs> I mean... I'm trying to picture... This is not a life where we know much about. No. So. No. All right. Well, thank you so much for writing in again, Julie. If anyone else out there would like to write, you can always write us at Show at gmail.com. Nice. And with that, it's time to get to our top five. Every time a bell rings, we give our... Top five. All right, Janelle, you came up with tonight's top five. Tell us what it is. Um, I said top five toys because Christmas, yep. when we were kids, we asked for toys. and We've been talking about toys with the kids, like what we played with as kids, yeah. too, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, and just to clarify, we did put some you know qualifications on it to make it a little more narrow that we didn't include like video games or board games or i don't know what else but not like game stuff but just toys you toys play with. you play with trying yeah. to narrow it down a bit there yeah um so you want to go first uh sure all right so this shouldn't be it i don't think we'll have any overlap i don't know we'll see okay so this should be no shock to anybody that knows me, but um, I was a very huge fan of the Barbie universe. <laughs> um, I had quite an extensive collection of Barbies, and um, my sister and I would play for days, like we'd set up. Oh, I've seen the home videos. A world. Um, I did 
have Barbie's dream house with the elevator. Um, I had a Barbie spa that actually you put water in it and it had bubbles. Wow. And a working shower. A and, working shower? Yeah, like you turn on the shower, like spurted water out of it. And my favorite Barbie wasn't actually Barbie. What was it? Her name was Midge. Oh. And she had red hair. What about Skipper? Skipper was the little sister. <laughs> Please. She was annoying. <laughs> oh, that's sad for little sisters out there. <laughs> it was Midge. Midge was my girl. All right. And I had many great experiences. Did you have a Ken doll around to, like, interact with them? Or was it just, like... Oh, I had, like, 16 Ken dolls. Oh, okay. So okay. that every girl could have their own boyfriend. <laughs> Um, then one year, there was this one year for Christmas, my mom got us the Hart family, which is still Mattel. It was still a Mattel, um, brand and it was more of a mom Barbie and she like could get pregnant. Okay. You could put the baby in like side her dress and it made her pregnant (laughs) and it came with a station wagon and it wasn't Ken or Barbie, but it was, like, the same okay. mold. Um, so then we went for more of the family, you know, not the right. wild party, jacuzzi <laughs> parties. Was it, like, a Malibu Barbie? Did you ever have Malibu Barbie? Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. I had every Barbie imaginable because um, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but I was a toy tester for the Mattel company. Yeah, well, I mean, I know this, but our listeners <laughs> I don't know don't. if I ever told you. So Mattel was very close to this beach city I grew up in. And my mom would always bring me to the Mattel store. And so, like, I would be a tester. Like, I'd be in these focus groups. And all they, they wouldn't, like, pay us money. The way they paid us is they'd open this, like, chest, this cabinet of Mattel toys. And you got to pick, like, two or three toys. And I always pick Barbie. So you're basically like Tom Hanks's character in Big, yep. where you got to like test the things. Yeah, it's real. Like, did you ever get to play with the transforming building before? <laughs> I don't. I like honestly don't even remember the toys because all I could think about was what Barbies I was <laughs> gonna pick out at the end. And see, as like as a young me, I can imagine wasting it on picking like what else was in there. You don't even remember what other options you had because all you can think of is Barbie. I loved going to Mattel. It was, like, my favorite. I definitely would have gotten some of the, like, Hot Wheels tracks and stuff. Because I'm sure they had that. They had those in there. Those ones that, like, where you could drive it up on the wall or something. No, no. I would never pick that. That's what I would have picked. So, Barbie. Anything Barbie. And then I was just talking about this with the kids, but Cabbage Patch Kids were huge. Wait, this is your second, right? This is my second one. Okay. I didn't know if you were trying to, like, (laughs) cheat and get Cabbage Patch and Barbie in the same category. Okay, They're two different categories. Okay. So, Cabbage Patch Kids um, were these dolls that you could see them through the, like, plastic, but you didn't know their name until you opened it. It was like a proto-blind bag, right? Yeah, and you got, like, adoption papers, and you found out their name. And I had two Cabbage Patch Kids. Um, They were really hard to get. They were, like, the hot ticket item. So, um... I got two on separate occasions, but I got a girl named Anita Katrine, (laughs) and she had red hair. Uh Could you see a theme? Midge. Yeah, I can see that. I loved red hair. And then um, Denny. 
but I can't remember his middle name. He was bald. He had no hair. <laughs> but he had green overalls. Okay. So, um, my sister and I, um, as you can imagine, were quite imaginative. I've seen the home videos. <laughs> so, um, again, we would play for hours with our Cabbage Patch kids. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of mom practice there. Um, one year, I don't know how my mom did this, but one year she hired somebody to make a custom made playhouse in our backyard. She like didn't allow us in the background backyard for a month. That's cool. And on Christmas day, she like walked us out there and I, this thing was like yellow with like white trim Picket fence. It had a two-door, like, you could open the top door. Wow. And, like, go out. You'd go in, and it had tiled floor, like, real tile. And then she had bought, like, the fridge and the, like, kitchen. And there was a little bedroom. And, like, my sister and I would go sleep there, out there in the summers. And Is that where you kept your ponies? <laughs> I don't know any ponies. I mean, it was kind of cool because, like, my mom had a daycare, a family daycare. So we didn't have to share our playhouse with the daycare kids. Yeah, I know. You've also benefited from <laughs> that situation. <laughs> yeah, so my mom had to, like, keep working toys and brand new toys. So we got a lot of, yeah. you know, toys know, through that. I know, But, um... Yeah, so that playhouse was pretty That's rad. pretty great. Um, and then, I don't know if this fits the thing. Okay, well, is it a no. toy? I mean, it was... I played with it. All right, well, what? Um, my mom also had a customized balance beam made for me. Yeah, yeah I mean, okay. sure, why not? Like... It was it was not like a four foot one off the ground, yeah. but it was like a medium one, and um, I could do like my back handsprings and stuff on the balance beam and practice. And then she also got me a real quality gymnastics mat, like they have in the gym. That's cool. Plus a sparkle uh, United States of America leotard. With gymnastic shoes. I'm pretty sure I've seen that in a home video as well. My sister has a picture. Yeah. She'll, she'll send it to me. And then, last but not least, this one was not at my house. This was at my sister's grandma's house. But there were these things called um, Sequoia Friends. And they were these fuzzy little animals. I feel like one of my siblings had those. Like, that, that rings a bell. They were a little spendier. Like, they were on the more expensive yeah. side. Like, um... I know, and, some of those, like, little family toy things yeah. are, like, really crazy expensive. Yeah. And, and still just my plastic. grandma <laughs> got the dollhouse for them with all... The, you could buy these little miniature sets. Like, the miniature kitchen and the miniature bedroom and the miniature... And they were so detailed. Um, and I remember my sister and I would go to my grandma's house... They had him in a back bedroom. We just go back there, set up the world, and then like the whole weekend we were there. It's like just come out to eat and then go back in and play Sequoia. So those are my top five. Nice, right, good. Good toy. Now, as you predicted, there's not a lot of overlap between <laughs> ours, but don't look. I won't look. I think I'm gonna call one. There's one overlap. Okay. Kind of. 
I kind of overlap. All right, so my number one uh, is action figures. Um, And I have several, like, yeah, I mean, I played with tons, but here's the main ones. My number one action figure sets were Star Wars toys. Like, I had tons. I still have my Star Wars toys. Yeah. A lot of them. Phil has many of his toys. You know, because when I was playing with them, like, a lot of them started going out of print. Like, I still have some that we got in the box from, like, Sears or whatever. But then, like, as I got a little older, I still was into them, and they they started going out of print. So we would go around and find them at yard sales and stuff, you know. So I amassed a pretty good collection of them. And, um, oh, gosh, we love playing with those. Like, just because we had, you know, the spaceships and the, the aliens, of course, and all the sets and uh, all the action figures. And, and we had, like, a lot of them. Not everything, but a lot. I got a Millennium Falcon out there. Mm-hmm. I got a Death Star playset. And, again, a lot of them we wound up getting secondhand, but, you know, they still played just fine. Uh, but other ones, other action figure series that I played, and a lot of times they could interact, you know, like they'd help each other out. Um because Star Wars, of all of these, was definitely the thing I was the most into the actual thing of. Yeah. Um, but I was talking with the kids about this. Well, He-Man was one. And I actually watched the He-Man cartoons, too. Um, but I they had, had She-Ra. They had, yeah. And they had just great action figures, too. Those big, like, beefy ones that, you know, they all had, like, battle action where you'd, like, tap the chest and it would spin mm-hmm. to show they got punched. Or, or you could squeeze their legs and it would make the fist punch or something like that. So a lot of fun interactive stuff like that. Mostly I just had figures. I didn't get like a lot of sets of He-Man. Um, G.I. Joe is another one that like I watch the cartoons sometimes, but the great thing about G.I. Joe action figures is they had like more uh, points of articulation, the elbows and the knees bent. What? So like you could like pose them better. Or, like if they're falling off a cliff, you can like, they can twist and writhe around as they're mm-hmm. falling and then someone can reach out and grab them and stop them from hitting the ground, you know, like a lot more action there. Great. I remember when Barbie's knees started mending. Oh, I mean, that's big, right? That was a big But hers deal. just go like three or four clicks, right? It doesn't like go a full bend. Right. Whereas G.I. Joe's, like, they could really, really bend. But so. she used to only bend at the waist. So yeah. just that her knees could bend that was, was big. a big deal. Um, other, my other top two ones were the Prince of Thieves line of toys, like Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. I've seen that in the garage. We have, I still have some of those. They had this great line and what was crazy is, uh, Kenner was the same company that did all the Star Wars toys and when they stopped production on them, they still had all the molds of the toys and so they started reusing the molds and just kind of rebranded them slightly. They had the same basic plastic structure, but they put different <laughs> accessories and made them into Robin Hood Prince of Thieves toys. So I have all these toys, including the giant treehouse, right? So in in The Return of the Jedi, we have the Ewok treehouse, and I have that toy. And then I also have a Prince of Thieves treehouse, which is the exact same mold, but they just put little different accessories, and now it's Robin Hood. Voila. So I have multiple different Robin Hood ones, and those ones also could interact great with Star Wars, because yeah. some of it's the same stuff, you know? So you want to have a real Ewok village, you got like multiple things now. Right. So I love those. And then finally, Dino Riders. I don't know if you remember those. No. It was like a cartoon. We watched a cartoon some, but it was great because each one came with a different dinosaur. And you got to remember, like in the late 80s, dinosaurs were like huge, mm-hmm. right? And so we had, they had, each one had a dinosaur and then it had a little rider, like a little character, a human that would ride on them. Okay. And so, you know, I got, I still have some of those I'm surprised because well. I was super into dinosaurs. How did you not know dino riders? I don't know. I lived with all women. Did you not watch Saturday morning cartoons every week? No. Oh, see, I didn't every week, but I watched them enough to know dino riders. I, I watched um, Disney Channel. 
I know. I know. They didn't have Dino Riders on there. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, action figures. That's number one is action figures. Now, closely related, but a separate category. And I actually, of course, I still have these too. I love rubber animals. Like of all descriptions, whether it's yeah, like dinosaurs or like an octopus or a crab or whatever, like an alligator. Like I just loved like all these rubber animals. You can reenact different scenes with them or whatever. They're just fun though. Like I have a giant rubber alligator that I still use as mm-hmm. part of my Halloween costume when I'm Bob Dole with a cape. Um, I I don't know. I just I love that. The kids have gotten some as well. Big yes. dragons, dinosaurs. Anyway, so I still have some of those. Those are fun. And uh, oh, the other ones I love getting are like sea creatures. When you go to the aquarium, they always had great mm-hmm. rubber animals there too. So I don't know why, but for whatever reason. Next is our red wagon that we had in the backyard. Oh, yeah. Um, we had one of those too. So we do have an overlap. Yeah, but you didn't put on your list. I didn't though. put it on my list. But, you know, our, of the... Uh, of the radio flyer variety, right? Yeah. Now, for one, I mean, we just had fun. You know, it's a great tool rolling stuff around in the backyard and stuff. But we would also, like, give each other rides in the wagon. Oh, yeah. Which eventually, I think, got a stop put to it because we started getting too rough. And I'm pretty sure at some point I crashed my brother pretty good riding around. The, you know, because we would, like, start at one end and then go. And then you just mm-hmm. run as fast as you could and whatever. And I'm pretty sure we had enough crashes that we kind of had to stop doing that. But... And this ties in with um, another one later, but we also had the the inspiration that we wanted to build a roller coaster and use our uh, our red wagon as like the cart. Oh no! And um, it didn't get very far, but we did like you know put some like boards together and try to you know make a little ramp to roll down and stuff, and it never went any further than that. Honestly, we had lots of plans to do it though. But I don't know, I'll have to ask David if he remembers like how far we actually got on it. But we did, this was, you know, we liked, again, we grew up in a mountain town. We had like yeah. trees in our backyard and stuff. And so we wanted to build a roller coaster because we like roller coasters. Right. So the thing we did with our red wagon that, you know, as you're talking about, it reminded me is we turned the garage into Snow White Scary Adventures. And like, remember, my mom had a daycare. Yes, of course. So... That's like uh, <laughs> your dark ride vehicle. So the the wagon was our dark ride vehicle. Like my sister would push and um I like would, you know, pull and then we had butcher paper of all like the different scenes from Snow White's scary <laughs> adventure. And we might have had like a friend or something pop out to like <laughs> scare the kids and stuff, but we made our own That's great. dark ride in our garage with the red wagon. That's awesome. Yes. Well, another thing that ties together, speaking of making stuff, and it kind of, like I said, goes together with the red wagon, is another one that I have is tools. Hammer, nails, shovel, and wood. <laughs> now, I know this sounds like that's not a toy, but this is the one that I actually overlap with you on, although... In our case, we made it instead of hiring someone to come do it. But my brother and I and my dad, you know, we would go out and build stuff. First of all, uh, we built our own treehouse. Yeah. Um, with my dad, um, which was There's fantastic. There's some remnants. Of There's it, some right? remnants up in the tree in the backyard. Although I think most of it is deteriorated over the years. But we had so much fun. So we had my parents 
had like set up a, a little swing set play set, you know, in the backyard. And it was kind of up against, we have a big giant uh, Jeffrey pine tree in our backyard. And so it was kind of set up against it. And my dad kind of mounted it to the tree, you know, like nailed it up against the tree mm-hmm. to keep it solid on there. Right. And then on top of that, it was kind of underneath a big branch and we built the, our tree house on the top of that play set and up against the tree. So in order to get to the treehouse, you had to climb up to the top of the playset, and then there was a trap door up under the bottom to go, and you went up through the trap mm-hmm. door up into the treehouse. And it was so right. It was just a one one room, you know, like it wasn't right. any like super fancy two story thing with tile floor and a fridge or anything <laughs> like that. But but we built it, you know, my dad and and me and my brother to a lesser extent, you know. But we did help build it, um, and it was pretty spectacular. We also. Um, worked on, we had like a a shed, like a backyard shed, um, but like the wood floor had rotted away. And so my dad said, if we like fixed up the floor and like, we could like hammer and build it into like a clubhouse. So I made it like a clubhouse Mm -hmm. for my friends to come over and play in and stuff. that overlaps. Um, which, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So same thing, except we like built it ourselves. And the reason I include shovels, the other thing we love to do, and my parents let us do this is there's still remnants in your back there's definitely remnants of this but we had what we called the mud pit and we just had this corner of the yard that they let us like you know flood with water it was near like we had a jacuzzi like an above ground jacuzzi that they put on on the thing out there and so it would spill out and would already kind of get muddy so we just like took that and ran with it right so first of all we play in the mud but the other thing we would do is we'd dig and build like big holes and we tried to make caves and tunnels and stuff although it didn't make it that far but we got the hole down you know six feet sometimes Mm -hmm. and we would like climb down into it and play and just get like utterly muddy in the mud pit did you ever take your action figures in the mud no those don't cry action figures play in a clean surface you know you don't oh. put them in the dirt. Well, we took our Barbies camping and sent them down the river and no. boats and stuff. I mean, maybe some of the stuff like the, like a He-Man or a G.I. Joe would have been an outside thing. But not generally speaking, you know, those are to be played with carefully. Fun, but careful. Not dirty. Okay. I still have the boxes for the toys when I was a kid. Like, that's the type of kid I... But it's not like I wasn't... I was afraid to get, like, dirty and stuff. We love doing that stuff. You just... There's a separation. I take my hammer and nails or my shovel and go out in the mud pit, but you don't bring a Star Wars toy out there. Mm-hmm. There's there's a line. <laughs> so that's that. Um, I think that's an overlap. It's similar, you know, different. We came about it different ways, but similar. Yeah. And finally, my last one is candy dispensers. Uh, these are things I also have still as well. Uh-huh. Um I have uh, a pretty extensive collection of automatic candy dispensers. And I, for whatever reason, became obsessed with them. And, like, I love playing with them. So when I'm talking about this, like, Pez dispensers obviously fall in this category. Anything mechanical that dispenses a candy. But I love, like, like automatic ones, too. So, for instance, I've got, like, lollipop turners. Well, you're, you stick a lollipop into a little hole in the thing. And then you hold the button down and it spins so mm-hmm. that you just put your tongue out and the lollipop does it. Um, I have like uh, automatic Pez dispensers where you push a button and like the little thing spiral out around and it pops them out. Of course, gumball machines. Um, I have like tons of those little things like that walk around. Like we have a little reindeer that poops out little candies mm-hmm. and it walks and then poops one or walks and then poops one. Like silly things like that. I probably have something like 30 or 40 automatic ones not even to mention the large number of pez 
Um, and I love candy dispensers. Tons of them. There's like Pez's you haven't opened in 20 years. Well, some of them are actually like, you know, collectible things. Are they? Uh, yeah. Don't you know, like, the first thing that was ever sold on eBay or one of the first things ever was a Pez dispenser? No, I don't. They're, like, hugely collectible. And I'm not saying, like, all of them are, but, but they're... But you're not going to sell them. I don't know. On a rainy day, you know, you never know. <laughs> I have a gold mine out there. <laughs> so you know, if something ever happens to me, don't just get rid of the stuff in the garage. I really do have, like... I'm aware. So much on my sealed Lego sets that I have that I've tucked away, like, Star Wars toys that are, like, vintage... I'm not saying there's millions of dollars out there, but there is a they lot of things Legos of value. They say Legos are more valuable than gold. Well, they definitely retain their worth. There's a lot of stuff out there, so just be ready. You know, if something ever was to happen, don't don't just throw it all in the dump. Not to mention all the video games. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Gosh, our house is like a burglar's dream, except they wouldn't know what to do with any of it. <laughs> all, all our old junky TVs and secondhand couches and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, they definitely spent their money on entertainment. <laughs> and travel. <laughs> yep. Well, that is our uh, top five toys that we played with as kids. What are your favorite toys you played as kids? Let us know by writing to us at Show at gmail.com. And we're going to do one final uh, segment for the show tonight. We're going to head over to our Couch Potato Corner. Couch Potato Corner. This CPC. It's been a while since we've done Couch Potato Corner. Well, we haven't really done it because we've been doing the uh, 30-day TV pilot challenge. Mm -hmm. That kind of took priority here. Um, But there's a lot of things that we watched. I think some of these we've talked about before. So we'll go through this quickly just to catch everyone up on what we've watched outside of that. Uh, Because we did watch some things. Some of this is from a ways back. But, you know. Yeah. Just, just get you guys up to date on what we've been watching. So, yeah. take it away, Janelle. What do we got? Well, um, we've watched Twilight Zone. We've been introducing some really good old episodes to the kids. The classics, right? And then we finished season one of the new Twilight Zone on CBS All Access. Yep. And we started season two. Those ones we're not watching with the kids. They are not appropriate. They are not for kid kids, appropriate. But they are really good. They are very, very good. They didn't definitely went a different direction as far as that goes. But they are excellently done though. Um, but it's also been really fun watching the old Twilight Zones of the kids. Yeah. You know, select ones. Not all of them are interesting to them yet, but like we just watched the To Serve Man one, which we won't spoil, oh, but yeah, if you know, you know. Loved it. Um, or, you know, Time Enough at Last. Like, some of the big, big classics. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's been really fun. Um, so, I don't know if you guys know, but The Bachelorette is back in a um, COVID season. They had to uh, lock it down. They filmed at La Quinta in Palm Springs. Like, right down the right way down from us. Right down the way from us. And they, like, never left the La Quinta. People had to quarantine there. And um, so I'm in the middle of that. Um, the original Bachelorette, Claire Crawley, she uh, found her man after a couple episodes and left. In a Bachelorette first, they had to bring in a new Bachelorette because the first Bachelorette found 
her fiance that fast. That's crazy. It was like a week, and she's like, I'm going to marry him. Are they still together? Yeah, they're still together. I mean, at least on Instagram. <laughs> well, where else does it even matter? <laughs> um. So, I don't know how it's going to end, and we are recording a day earlier than we usually do because I have a double header tomorrow oh, yeah. and Tuesday, and then next week, another double header. And then The Bachelor starts. They shot that at a resort in North Carolina. And how are you going to even keep up? It's just so it's just so thrilling. Oh, oh The Bachelor. <laughs> it's so exciting. This is a good batch chat. Yeah. What else have you been watching on your own? So I watched The Crown over my Thanksgiving break. I binged through season four. And uh, guys, Princess Diana... She's here. She's fantastic. Uh, I'm a huge Princess Diana fan. I've read all about her life, several books. I watched, I like one of my first memories is watching Princess Diana and Prince Charles get married on TV. I was living in West Germany at the time of the wedding. <laughs> so, that'll um, date you a little bit. Yeah, there. My, my stepdad was in the military, so we were. Um, on a military base in West Germany. And uh, I just love, I love her. And so, so fun to see her on the crown. The spoiler alert, like, does she make it to the end of the season? Like, where does it take off? She's still in it. Okay. Because it's really an interesting show in that they change the entire cast every two seasons because uh, they get older and move yeah, on to another generation so they move on to another generation so season four um the the cast is moving on and a new cast is taking over huh. for and i think they're gonna do two more seasons and they're gonna call it they're not gonna do like the crown in the future <laughs> no the crown in space no but i guess like the royal family is getting a lot of flack because of the way they treated Diana. Well, they, I, they, I, I know this much that they'd said a thing that they want. Is it Netflix? Yeah. They want Netflix to put like a disclaimer that it's fiction, and yeah. Netflix is like, everyone knows it's fiction. It's a TV show. We're not putting that on there, and so they got no, some, they got yeah. some pushback there. And I have looks, and people are being quite brutal hmm. to Charles and Camilla, so. But uh, I would never do that. Like, why do you do that to people? Like, I don't even know. Just watch your show. Oh, that. <laughs> just watch your show. Be happy they gave you a fictionalized version of reality. Well, Netflix may have given their viewership too much credit that they know that it's fiction. Yeah. I mean, fictionalized anyway. Yeah. Um, well, I haven't watched it with you, but I honestly, it's one I would. Like I know it, I would like it. Yeah. But, but didn't get a chance to. All right, what else have we been watching? Well, we finished Pooh's Creek. We call it Pooh's Creek. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was good. It was good finale. Like, was, I like that show. It's so I love uh, the cast and stuff. So. Such great acting. Um, yeah. If you watched it and you, you know, like, it, you know, it, it was uh, definitely... I mean, I don't think there was any, like, crazy twists or anything like that, but it was a very satisfying conclusion. Yeah. Um, and you know, like, we started watching it because 
um, friends of the show. The Champas, that's the right. The Champas said on our 100th episode, here we are 40 episodes later, but they said on our 100th episode that it was one of their yes. favorite TV shows. And they are the hosts of Call Me Cordelia, which is a great podcast about Avonlea and Anna Green Gables and all things. Uh, all things Anne. Anne and Lucy Mon Montgomery. Know, we love. So, and we were guests on their show a then, while back. And then we had them come and do like a guest appearance for our 100th episode. So you should definitely check them out if that stuff sounds interesting because they're great and very fun. Speaking of which, we finally finished Road to Avonlea. That's right. Now, we, you and I had watched it before, but yeah. we finished watching it with the kids. And, and uh, we also watched the special. Yeah, like we watched it the all, Christmas all the way to special. the end. And uh, it's great. I think, you know, they, they finish strong. There's there's some weak points with, like, New Cecily and yeah. some of the, you know, we you lose a lot of the main characters kind of stop being in it a whole lot. Yeah. So like, there's, there's a couple of weaker Felicity's, episodes. Felicity's, like, comes on at the beginning of the season and you don't see her until then. she's not there. But, but, you know, overall, it was still pretty solid all the way through, I think. Yeah, it was good writing. So uh, that was fun. Uh, we also finished watching through Gravity Falls. This shows how long it's been. This is like a while ago. But yeah. You and the kids and I all watched. The kids and I had watched through Gravity Falls already. Then we rewatched it with you because it's so good. You're not normally into animation. What did you think? I thought it was really great. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the storylines and the voice acting was great. It's one of the best cartoons of all time, you guys. Yeah. I love Gravity Falls. And, and our it, kids were Mabel and um, Dipper. Dipper for, for Halloween. Halloween, yeah. And speaking of animation that we made you watch, we just made you watch another one that kids and I have been really into for the first time tonight. Harvey Beaks. Tell us what you thought about Harvey Beaks. Well, I've learned I can't say it's cute because that means that I don't like it. You were very dismissive. We were like so excited, and you're like, "What do you think?" And you're like, "It was cute." That's how you said it, and we're like, "Oh, so you didn't like it then?" I enjoyed it very much. Uh -huh. I don't want to watch every single episode, but it's you guys so could good, show though. me the uh, the ones that you quote. Well, we quote them all, so we'll just show them to you then. <laughs> it's so good. It's a cartoon that was on Nickelodeon for a couple of years. I think they only did, did two seasons. They only did two seasons. Um, but it's just like, it kind of like, it's a sleeper, as you would say. Like, you don't realize at first it's just kind of a fun kid cartoon, and then... Like, they start hitting you with the emotion. Like, they build these characters, and then you, like, get to know them more. And there's, like, some deep issues and just really touching storylines. And it's really, really good. Phil says he cries. I cry all the time at it now. Like, but it really helps to watch it from the beginning so you develop, like, you get to know all the characters and stuff. So that's what we'll do with you. <laughs> We're watching a different show right now, and you are not going to stop But when us. we're done with that, because we, we have been watching Lost in Space, which was part of the 30-day TV pilot challenge, and um, we're nearing the end of the second season, and there's it's one more season on. to come. Uh, it's super good, right? Oh my gosh. It's so good. It's like edge of your seat every second good. Yeah. Like, I, it reminds me of Lost. Yeah, I could see that. Like, like that storytelling-wise, yeah. Um, it's great. And in fact, 
watching it because Parker Posey is such a great character on it. So that sent us on a rabbit hole, which led us back to watching our old mock rock, our lip sync contest, where we lip synced to the Waiting for Guffman songs, you and I, before we yeah. got married. And then we started looking at our student films, and that's how we got on all that with the kids. So I can, like, say that our kids love Parker Posey as much yes, as we do now. Definitely. She's such a great character in this show. So, two more that we did. So, for one, it's kind of sad. Superstore, which we absolutely love. We found out, like, it's getting canceled. America Ferrera is not coming back to it. And they've stopped putting out new episodes. Like, it's kind of dropped it all of a sudden. So, I don't know what's going on with it. But it's super so bummer. Because we really love that show. I just don't understand. It was doing so well. You know, and their episodes, like, they've been dealing with, like, coronavirus and stuff. have yeah. been really funny and, and, like, really well done. So, I don't know. I've also been watching the new Bob's Burgers. That's always fantastic, and I love that show. Yeah. Um, but finally, uh, we have been watching Travel Man on Hulu, which is Richard Ayoade. It's like a travel comedy thing that he does, where he takes a different like guest comedian with him to different places. And, and they, they only go for 48 hours. It's really fun and funny. And we, our friends uh, Jeff and Ebony turned us on to it. They recommend. I think Ebony like texted you and said like we got yeah. you guys got to watch this, and so we started watching it. And it's great, and you know we've been taking our time because there's like a lot of episodes, right? And all of a sudden we saw on Hulu that it's like expiring in a few it. days. And we're like no, so we're like trying to cram it in to watch them all before it's over. So it's really good, but I by the time you guys hear this, it'll be like expired on Netflix or on Hulu. So yeah. Hopefully, you would have to buy it, I guess. Hopefully, it goes up on something else. So, uh, usually, they do that. Like, the contract ends with yeah. one person, and it starts with another. Although, so. because it's BBC, a lot of times, they just don't ever reappear. Because there's been a few BBC shows I've gotten into, and then they, like, just never... never like, you can't find back. them anymore. Is there, like, a BBC Netflix? Oh, there probably is. I mean, we really don't need another thing, but if there was, BBC I would totally Flix. get that. Is there a BBC streaming thing? Should I look? Yeah, you should look that up. But while you look that up, um, we are going to draw this episode to a close. Yay! It's time. Thank you guys so much for listening. We loved having you. Um, thank you again to Julie for writing in. Thank you to all of you that did watch the Blue Christmas stream and those of you that will. Um, and to David for helping us set it up and all the yes. bands. Yes. Yes, oh, I'm being played off. I need to stop with the thank yous. No, I'm saying yes to th- thank you I to know, David. I was joking like they were doing music because <laughs> I've been doing too many, like I'm doing a speech and <laughs> oh, award show. Oh, I get it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for playing along. My, uh, my improv training uh, <laughs> backfired on me there. Just kidding, I never did improv. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I know. I went to a festival. I know. I, I watched you do something, right? Weren't you in something at Biola once? Didn't you Improv? Do, I thought you did like one thing, like you were a guest on I was a, on a, in a play. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, thank you so much for listening. Janelle, thank you for co-hosting. We will be back next week with another very exciting episode of our show. Next week's episode will be after my birthday. Yes, it will. So this is my last Mandarin Orange Show episode as a 41-year-old. Being younger than me. That's right. Next next week I'll be your age. Because <laughs> I married an older woman by six months. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. All right, you guys. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we will see you next time. So for the Mandarin Orange Show, I'm Phil. And I'm Janelle. And we talk so you don't have to. Mm-hmm.